confidence because praise God well that was just awesome I loved it I love the presence of God I love to sing about the Lord and his goodness and his mercy I love to be in the house of God around God's people everybody hearing me real good right now and I thank God for his goodness his mercy to us hallelujah aren't you glad that we serve the living God there's nothing he cannot do amen he's great he's greatly to be praised hallelujah we're glad to have each and every one of you with us tonight so good to see you always say it always mean it and you are blessed and I am blessed to be together in the house of God what a privilege it is to serve the Lord I don't know that if we ever realize what a privilege we have but we are truly truly blessed I am blessed. I am blessed every day that I live. I am blessed when I wake up. In the morning, or I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I am blessed. Anybody want to join me in that praise? I am blessed. I am blessed. you're thankful for can you hold your hand up if there's one thing you're thankful for I am In the morning, or I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I am blessed. 
my head to rest. I am blessed. Yes, I am. I, I don't want to be the guy that doesn't realize how blessed I am until the blessing's gone. Well, I still have the blessing. I want to say thank you, Jesus. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Welcome everyone again. We're so very happy to have you, especially our first time guest, Michael Albert. First time. Wonderful. Good to have you. So good to have him. And I understand he's a tremendous musician and we're so blessed to have him with us and uh, thankful that he would be with us tonight. And I keep mentioning it, but Iris, I'm so impressed with you how God has helped you to recover. She's in the process of recovering from major heart surgery and she could choose very easily just to stay home. There's some kind of revival going on with her. I can feel it. And uh, I feel like God is working a work in her, not just physically, but I, I feel a spiritual work going on in her life. And I say that feeling it truly in my heart. Praise God. Justin, it's good to see you hanging in there. We're going to make this. Hallelujah. And all of you that are come tonight, my goodness, what a blessing, what a privilege it is to have you together tonight in the house of God. And those who are worshiping with us online, we're happy to have all of you, and we believe that God is doing a great work. Hallelujah. Are you excited about the Lord? I just feel like something good is about to happen. And I want you to believe with me. I got my praise team, my own personal praise team up here with Mac and Z. They're... Uh, they're being trained. And all of you are being trained, actually, by the Lord. But it's so good to see children entering into praise and worship and loving the Lord. This is not just for the elderly, although it is for the elderly. But it's also for the children and everybody in between. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well... I have a message tonight. I'm going to read from the gospel according to Mark. And I'm going to read from the 16th ver uh, chapter, excuse me, chapter 16 and verse 9. Mark chapter 16, verse 9. Praise God. How's Mark doing? Is he doing good? continued to progress. Their son Mark was in a tragic motorcycle accident 
and came very near death, but God is bringing him back, and we thank the Lord for that. And before I read my text, we are going to have a virtual men's conference. We're doing it virtual this year. Our speaker is not able to get here, so he's going to be preaching to us from another state. And uh, we're going to be, Lord willing, as many as you men are willing, we'll join here uh, Thursday night and Friday night at uh, 7, I believe it is. And uh, that's August the 13th and 14th. And we're going to have a men's conference. We're going to hear uh, Brother Herring preach. He preached for us uh, about a year ago. And he'll be preaching and we'll have him on the screen. And we're just going to worship and praise God. And uh, we'd love to be able to have him in person. But since that can't happen, there's no need to cancel. We'll just put him up on the screen and he can preach under the anointing. And we can receive from the Lord. So all the men... And the boys who'd like to join us are welcome to be with us uh, this coming Thursday night. And if you are a lady, I won't tell anybody if you want to sign on at home. Okay? I won't tell anybody. It's fine. Just go ahead and do it. It's going to be on the district, uh, main district UPCI Facebook page. So you can get on there and nobody will ever know that I told you the ladies can be with us at the men's conference, okay? Keep that between you and I, all right? All right, so here we go. We're at Mark chapter 16 and verse 9. Now, when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast Seven devils. I always think it's intriguing when the choir or the praise team sings something that lets me know that I'm on track. And they were singing about mercy. What was the name of it? That's what mercy did for me. And I didn't tell them, but tonight I'm preaching on Mary Magdalene, a miracle of mercy, a gift of grace. Shall we just close our eyes now and thank the Lord that he's here tonight and ask his blessings upon his word. Father, we give you praise and glory. We're thankful for your name. We're thankful for your goodness and your mercy. We're thankful for all the things that you're doing, oh God in this building and even outside the building. We're thankful, Lord God, that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And Father, here we are tonight. I ask, oh God, that you would now anoint. Lord, I, I bind every unclean and foul spirit that would try to hinder any individual from receiving from the Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. Mary Magdalene enters the gospel narrative with certain other women as they ministered to Jesus with their finances and labors. Matter of fact, the Bible says 
in Luke 8 and 2, and certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. And Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. Each of these ladies, the Bible says, had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Also, please note that the Bible says Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Susanna, and many others. Each of these ladies not only the ones mentioned, but and many others had been healed of evil spirits, and I'm reading directly from the scripture, healed of evil spirits and infirmities. These ladies were so thankful for the ministry of Jesus that they ministered unto him of their substance. But there's something that caught my eye, Brother Nate, when I was reading in this passage. I noted that the Bible links evil spirits with infirmities. It said, healed of evil spirits and infirmities. And I took note of that. Not all sicknesses are a result of evil. But there are some sicknesses that come as a result of evil spirits. As a child of God, we need to understand that our Heavenly Father is good. He's good. His chief motivation in our life is to make us the best person we can possibly be. That's what the Lord wants for you. He wants you to become the best person, the best in your class, the best in your field, the best of anything and everything that's good and wholesome. That is your father's desire for your life. I believe with all my heart that God wants to develop our potential to the greatest degree possible. You believe that? On the other hand, I understand that Satan is totally evil. Jesus gave us Satan's job description in John 10, 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. 
That is Satan's job description. He comes into your life to steal from you, to kill everything that's good about you, and to totally destroy you. That is the job description of Satan. But then it says that Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, I would take it as a personal blessing if I could get everybody, young and old, to look up at Brother Stoops. And please, if you have a cell phone, make sure it's not in use right now. I get violent. No, it's just teasing. <laughs> I know it's tough to look at me, but Mary of Magdala had been the victim of a fearful evil. Somewhere in Mary of Magdala's life, Mary Magdalene had been the victim of some horrible evil. I don't know what happened. I don't even know where it happened. I don't know if it was her own actions that caused it or the problem had originally come from somewhere else. It is possible for someone sitting under the sound of my voice to have been damaged by generational spirits. A parent, a sibling, evil spirits somehow had found a portal in Mary of Magdala's life. And they had come through this portal, they had come through this doorway that somebody had opened. Either she or somebody else had opened that portal. Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 4 and verse 27. He says, give place, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him a place. Now you may think that it's perfectly harmless. And that it's just a little bit over the edge. But the word of God declares, don't give place to the devil. You, sir, you, ma'am, make a huge mistake when you begin to carelessly leave doors open in your life. I found out the hard way many years ago from doing crusades overseas that when it was time for me to leave that nation, you might think I'm silly, but I would stand and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command the evil spirits of this nation not to follow me home. I was standing beside a man who was greatly used of God. He's now, now gone to be with the Lord. And we were standing on the district campground and we were chatting and a preacher came up and we both shook hands with him and he walked away. And this man was standing talking with me was a man greatly used of God, someone that I would consider to be a prophet. 
He said, did you, you see that man that just walked away? I said, yes, sir. He said, that man is getting ready to go through the darkest trial of his life. He has gone to, and he named the country, and it was true. I knew it to be true. And the spirits of that nation have followed him back home. Now, you might think this is weird, but I'm trying to explain that some things, there's a spiritual component. It was days after that that man of God told me that, that my friend was literally fighting for his life. I am preaching to people who need to understand it's a huge mistake when you carelessly leave doors open. Demons pour through open doorways in people's lives. And when demons begin to pour through portals in people's lives, those people, that person, will begin to be confused. And the Bible even calls it a spirit of confusion. They can become, become confused as to their identity. They can't figure out anymore who they are. They can become confused as to their gender. And they can't figure out anymore who they are. And they can become confused with their desires. And they begin to desire things that the Word of God says no. So understand with me tonight. I'm preaching a message that I, it needs to be heard not just with your ears but with your heart. There are doorways that Satan uses to gain access into your life. The Lord God asked Cain, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? Then God told Cain, if thou doest not well, watch, sin lieth at the door. There are doors in our life that we must be careful to padlock. We must be careful to bolt closed and not give the enemy a chance to take advantage of us and not give him a place, even a toehold in our lives. Right now, while we're going through a pandemic in the world, the enemy would love for you to lose your faith that Jesus Christ is the healer. You've gone through a difficult time. We all have. But I'm going to tell you that Jesus Christ is still the healer. And there's doors that Satan uses to gain access into people's lives. Immorality is a door. And it invites evil spirits. Evil deeds invite evil spirits. Rebellion is a doorway that invites evil spirits. When a child looks at their parents who's trying to lead them in the right way, 
And by the way, parent, God didn't call you to be the most popular parent in the world. If you're trying to be the most popular, you're a failure as a parent. Sometimes you might have to be the most unpopular person in the world. Boy, that went zing. And that goes for grandparents too. Sometimes we just have to be tough. It's called tough love. Just because my six-year-old wants to play with a revolver doesn't mean I should let him do it. Or if my eight-year-old wants to play with a stick of dynamite, that doesn't mean I should let him do it. And when our blessed, wonderful children reach that age of adolescence and their brain slips out of their brain and goes down and pours out of their right shoe and it doesn't come back until they're about 21 or 22 Rebellion is a doorway that invites evil spirits. Anytime that people, no matter how good they are, dabble with activities that the Bible says are evil, or they go places where Christians are not supposed to go, or they get involved in sexual misconduct, or they become absorbed by violence, or they begin to party with alcohol or drugs. Things, by the way, which the Word of God warns against. You, my friend, if that's your case, are playing with fire. Years ago, at the St. Louis Zoo, there was a lion trainer. He had a, a great act. Everybody loved to go see him. You remember, he held the chair and he snapped a whip and, and the lion would jump up and do anything he wanted, usually. And his last thing at every lion show was uh, he would order that lion to open his mouth and he would stick his head in the lion's mouth. That went real well for him until one day the lion was in a bad mood. And he stuck his head in the lion's mouth and the lion closed his mouth and the lion trainer was gonzo. Right in front of God and a bunch of kids. You can only stick your head in the lion's mouth so many times before you're gonzo. Don't play with fire. Because when you do, you are getting too close to the door that leads to demonic deception. Now, I've been pastoring many years. I'll tell you, I started pastoring in 1976, so you do the math. And I can tell you that when people do not love the truth, and when they allow themselves to start getting involved with things that the Bible forbids, if they continue to press by all the barriers 
and all the precious people that love them. And they keep knocking them aside and saying, no, this is what I want. There comes a time, finally, when that person comes under demonic deception. And they can no longer understand what is right and what is wrong. Matter of fact, they can be doing something horrendous and feel like it's perfectly okay. Because they have allowed a demon of deception to get into their psyche and into their emotions and into their mind. When you begin to do things that you know the Word of God says not to do, it becomes a willful sin. And you become uncomfortably close to the door of demonic oppression. That's when people have lost their joy. That's when people have lost their, their good time of living for God and serving the Lord. And now they'll find any little excuse they can to miss church. You can put it online and they won't even do that. They have started down the road of demonic oppression. Now that's not possession. There is a difference. But their life has lost its joy. They no longer enjoy the experience. They no longer enjoy the journey. They're not happy living anymore. They're, they're just doing what they know to do is right, but they're not doing it because they love to do it anymore. They're doing it because they feel like they have to do it. But then ultimately, demonic oppression leads to demonic possession. It can take a long while, but when it happens, it happens so gradually and so imperceptibly that I have seen I remember a case many years ago where the young man didn't even know he was possessed until he came into the house of God. And when everybody started worshiping God, he got really sour and angry and all kinds of stuff that I won't even share with you. Now, Mr. Devil, I know you're listening. I know you don't like this. And I know that you have tried tonight to put your taloned fingers into the ears of somebody that's listening to this message. I know you're very uncomfortable and you're trying to tell the person that you have been drawing to that door with your evil intentions. You're trying to tell them this would be a good time to get up and go. I think I have something to do. I don't think I enjoy this message. I think I I think there's something, I, I'm sure there's something I could find to do. I think I need to go. You're very uncomfortable, Mr. Devil. I know that. But I am, by the grace in God, by the power of the word, revealing you. I'm unmasking you tonight because there's somebody here tonight that wants to be free like Mary Magdalene. They want to be a miracle of mercy and a gift of grace. They don't like the way it is and the way it has become. Mary Magdalene, remember, was possessed 
not by one devil, but the Bible said she was possessed by seven devils. These dreadful demons caused much pain and pollution to that poor frame in which they had found a lodging. Mary Magdalene was a hopeless, horrible case. I can't describe to you the writhing that she did at night in her bed. I can't describe to you the evil and the fearfulness when she turned off the lights. Or I can't describe to you how that she wanted to leave. If somebody could just leave the lantern on, I'm so, I'm so bothered. I don't feel safe anymore. She could not help herself. And there were no others that could help her. But then Jesus passed her way. Unsought, unasked for, and possibly even resisted by this poor demon-possessed Mary Magdalene. All I know is that when Jesus uttered the word of power, Mary of Magdala became a trophy of the healing power of Jesus. The demon possessed became possessed with a love for Jesus that she carried to her grave. All seven demons left her never to return forcibly ejected by the Lord of glory. Blessed deliverance, happy change from delirium to delight, from despair and depression to deliverance and delight. I am preaching to somebody very likely right here tonight in this building and online that life is no longer fun for you, that life has become laborious and life has become uh, Fearful, and you lay at bed at night trying to sleep and you can't and fearful things are happening in your life. I am come in the name of Jesus not to scare you. I come in the name of Jesus to set you free. I don't come preaching a little sermon that I got out of some sermon book. I come after praying and talking with God and God let me know there were some people that he loved very much that he was going to set free tonight in this place. Tonight he was going to deliver them and set them free free. When Jesus came into Mary of Magdala's life, it was a blessed deliverance. It was a happy change. I'm preaching to somebody right now that's lost your joy. You've lost your excitement about living for God. You don't even care about going to church if the truth were known. You're only doing it because you know you should do it, and that's why you're doing it. And the devil's been trying to get you to walk through some doors that will forever destroy you and ruin your future. But tonight, I come as a man of God in the name of Jesus Christ and I say in the mighty name of Jesus let that young lady go let that young man go let that brother go let that sister go in the mighty name of Jesus devil I command you you have to go I want God to take somebody from delirium to delight, from despair and depression to deliverance and delight. I want God to take somebody from hell to heaven. Immediately, 
Mary of Magdala became a close and constant follower of Jesus. You see, it's good to get counsel. It's good to get help. It's good, especially when it's good counsel. But what Jesus can do in one night, with one touch, with one infilling of the Holy Ghost, somebody here that used to have the Holy Ghost, that the Holy Ghost is not there anymore, and it hasn't been there for a while, and you become so comfortable without the Holy Ghost that it's sickening to my stomach. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I call to you tonight and I say in the mighty name of Jesus Jesus said I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly Mary went from a situation where seven devils lived in her vessel to living in close relationship with Jesus listening to his every word, following his steps. She became a generous helper. She was first among the band of the healed and grateful women who ministered unto him of their substance. When Jesus was lifted up in crucifixion, Mary stayed while all the others forsook and fled. While the brave men ran, Mary stood at the foot of the cross. She shared in his shame, seeing her stand. Look at her now. She stands near the foot of the cross, as close as she can stand, so close that drops of blood are falling upon her. She could not die on the cross with Jesus, but she stood as near it as she could. She remembered where she came from. She remembered what Christ had done for her. She remembered the horror of her former life. She remembered the hell that she had been in. She remembered some of you have forgotten where Jesus brought you from. But Mary remembered. She remembered those sleepless nights. She remembered the terror. Some of you people that think there's no such thing as a devil, no such thing as a God, no such thing as an eternity. I hope you wake up before it's too late. The young man's name was Mark. It was right here in this city. He was 17. He had his guns. He wasn't afraid of anybody. And he wasn't intending to live for God either. But I'll never forget the night that he called to his brother. And he said, Jackie, Jackie, come up here. And Jackie told me, he went upstairs and there was a 17-year-old boy that was pale as a ghost and he was pointing at somebody that nobody else could see. He was wide awake, and he was back up against the wall. He said, Jackie, don't, don't, don't let him get me. Don't let him get, it, get me, Jackie. And Jackie said he got between him and whatever it was, and he said, and he was living for God. He said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave this room. He said, I felt something going down the stairs in front of me. I could not see it, but I could feel it going down in front of me. He said, I opened the door, and I said, get out. He said that young 17-year-old boy grabbed his mattress, rolled it together, walked down the stairs, and laid it at the foot of my bed. 
And that's where he wanted to sleep that night. It changed his whole viewpoint. I would to God that somebody that's here tonight would realize that heaven is real, that hell is real, that God is real, that demons are real, and that when you go to Jesus, you're safe, that Jesus Christ has power over all, that he is completely, totally powerful. Get away from the door. Don't give the devil place in your life. Don't give him a place to live. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Okay. I believe that there is that kind of miracle here tonight. I believe that that kind of miracle is here tonight in this room and online. I believe that God is ready to set somebody free. And I don't believe that you're here by chance. I believe you're here by divine direction. You know, one thing that's gone wrong in our society is there is no fear of God anymore. People can say the name of Jesus and put the F word right with it. They don't fear God. They can speak blasphemous things and they think that so. There is no God. But the word of God said it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. I believe that tonight there are healings that will take place because a spirit of infirmity is expelled. Doesn't mean you're evil. It just means that a spirit of infirmity has been plaguing your body. And that when we command that spirit of infirmity to leave, that the sickness is going to be done. I know that not all sickness comes because of a spirit of infirmity, but some do. And I feel like tonight there's some that will get a deliverance from a spirit of infirmity and they'll walk out of here healed. I know that there are people here tonight that the enemy is trying to get you to walk one more step to the door, a portal, if you will, and he has plans for you. Now, you can say this old gray-haired preacher, all he tries to do is scare me to try to live for God and serve the Lord. You can say that till the cows come home, but when it becomes a reality in your life, you're going to know that I heard from God. And I feel like tonight that God is saying to somebody that he loves, get away from that door right now. Get away from that door right now. Move toward me, the Lord says. Serve me with all of your heart. You're already starting to get confused. You don't even know who you are anymore. Well, let me remind you who you are. You're a child of God. 
You've been called to live for the Lord. You've been called to serve the Lord. You've been called to be a prince or a princess. You've been called to take power and dominion over the things around you. You've been called to live for the Lord and be ready for the coming of Jesus. It's pretty intense, isn't it, Vera? Jeff, good to see you, Jeffrey. It's very intense. I believe it is a very pivotal moment for somebody in this place. I think there's some things starting to go on in somebody's thinking and in their actions that has opened a door that must be closed tonight. It must be closed now. I feel like it's urgent. I feel it's important. What do you think? Satan knows the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be to get back to God. So he's going to try to get you to put it off and just outlast the preacher. He's saying right now, you know, he's winding up right now. If you could just hold on another couple minutes, you'll get out of here. And you can keep on with me. He's already wrapped his scaly arm around you. He's already said, you belong to me. I say you belong to God. And I say there's a miracle of mercy that's ready to take place right now. There's a gift of grace that God wants to do right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the devil does not have good intentions toward you. And when you walk through dry places, he loves that. I was glad to see many of you feeling the presence of God tonight. That's awesome. You want to feel his presence. You want to walk in his spirit. But the devil loves to walk through dry places. And when he, he finds somebody walking through dry places, the Bible says he comes back and he finds, finds the house all clean. Swept, he and he calls seven more spirits to come, and that man or that woman becomes seven times worse than what they were. Now that's not going to happen. God's not given me this message to scare you. He's given me given me this message because He's given you an opportunity to step out of the shadows and into the light. To step away from whatever it is that the devil's trying to use to take you away from God. Hey, I remember when some of you used to be on fire for God. Some of you still are, but I remember when some of you used to be on fire for God. You said, oh man, I'm going to do this for God. I'm going to do that for God. And the devil said, oh yeah? Well, let me get you over to this door. I got a surprise for you. Father, 
in the mighty name of Jesus. I come against that deceptive lying spirit. I come against that spirit of confusion that makes that individual not even know right from wrong. I come against that foul, ornery spirit that would take away their blessedness and lead them to misery and poverty. Father, I bind that spirit right now in the mighty name of Jesus, and I ask for a miracle of mercy. And I pray right now for a gift of grace. I pray, Lord, hear my prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? You know, saith the Lord, that I am speaking to you. I'm calling you while you still can. Come to me. I'm calling you while you are still able to run to me. I will give you life, and I will give it to you more abundantly, saith the Lord. Run to me, and I will deliver you. I will set you on high. I will bring you to things and places that you never could have done by yourself. Only come to me, saith the Lord. I love you, Jesus. I know that our guests may not understand what just took place, but I don't have time to give a Bible study on it right now. But know this, that God is here and that God is calling and that God is reaching for somebody urgently and sometimes God has to do something supernatural to get somebody's attention and that's what just happened. I want everybody to bow your head, please, if you would. Everybody close your eyes. And I wonder, is there anybody in this house tonight that would get out of your seat and walk down to an altar and bow your knee before God and say, Lord, it's not my brother. It's not my sister. It's me. No, 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 not yet. There will be a time. It will come. You go ahead and pray. Right now, God is calling to somebody. And I want you to let God have his way. I know this has been an intense time. 
I cannot apologize for it. I want you to be right with God more than anything else, even if I am criticized for what happened tonight. That's okay. But I'm calling to somebody in the name of Jesus. God showed me something uh, uh, several weeks ago that was coming in someone's life. I have not shared it with you, and I won't. I will only pray for you. But it's coming. And I just feel like it would be so wise, it would be so right and so good for somebody that needs to draw close to God, just say, you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I don't care if they, they laugh. or I don't care what anybody says. Lord, I'm coming to you right now. Here I am. Now, all these people that are coming down here doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means that they're saying, Lord, I want to be what you want me to be. That's all it means. If I was sitting in the congregation and my pastor was preaching like this, I promise you, I'd be the first one at the altar because I just, that's the way I, I am. I, I want to be sure I hear the word and I want to be sure that that everything I'm saying and thinking and doing is what God wants me to say, think, and do. And that's just me. But everybody's not like that. And I understand that. But here I am tonight, Lord. I will just say this to you, and I'm going to remind you one more time. The longer you wait, the harder it's going to be to get back to God. You can wait till tomorrow, you can wait till next week, you can wait a year from now if the Lord tarries. But the longer you wait, you listen to what I told you, the harder it's going to be to get back to that place where you need to be with God. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm running to Jesus with everything that's in me. I, I, I want that miracle of mercy. I want to see my kids tonight praying through and talking in tongues. I, I want to see my loved ones getting what they need to get from God. I want to see your loved ones getting what they need to get from God. And I feel like we're running out of time. So everybody, would you help me right now? Wherever you are, would you just bow your head and pray right now? Lord Jesus, here we are. I give my heart, my life, my all to you again. Lord, I don't want anything in my life that would take me away from the blessedness of living for you. I don't want any spirit of confusion. I don't want any spirit of evil in my life at all. I don't want to give place to anything, Lord, that would take away this joy and this power and this great God that I love so much, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, let us walk with you and serve you in a society that's gone crazy, Lord, that's out, Lord, doing all kinds of things that the Word of God condemns. But, Lord, here we are. We want to say yes to you. And tonight, God, I want you to give a miracle of mercy, a gift of grace. I have this confidence because I've seen the faithfulness of God